Guys, people, welcome to Don't Be an Extremist, part two. Episode 131 of Inspire Guys People, the podcast where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. We're going to pick right up where the conversation cut off in part one. If you did not check out part one of this week's show, please go back and check it out. That was all really one uh, long conversation that was mistakenly split into two, by the way. Um, But I think something cool came out of it because number one, um, shout out to the person who emailed me and let me know, uh, like, yo, um, yeah, it, it cut off abrupt and I don't know if it was on purpose or not. I went back and listened to it and I was like, what's kind of dope is look, this is God just works stuff out. The show cut off at the end of a sentence. So I'm like, oh, okay. That's why the person was like, they weren't sure or not if it was meant to be that way. Cause it literally cut off in the middle of a sentence. And I'm, it's an editing thing that I, f- I forgot to do one. Like, you have to mark the end of the show. And I forgot to mark the end of the show, so it just randomly cut it off. But the cool thing is, you know, I could share the rest of the conversation here in part two. And then because I got some more emails um, overnight um, for people who listen to part one, I'm going to actually share a few more things I didn't think about, a few more thoughts. Um, and I got a couple questions. Uh, so we're going to share that. But first, we're going to start off exactly where we uh, ended off in part one. So again, go back and listen to part one. Don't be an extremist if you haven't heard that. And then come back and check this out. This is all one big conversation that mistakenly got cut up. But now I have this idea. that You know what? I think I'm going to start with these quick takes. It's going to allow me to do more than one show in a week. Like, I might have some weeks where we do two shows because we're getting straight to the point. And, uh, yeah, so, hey, sometimes problems lead to opportunities and ideas, and we'll see if it works, uh, produce more content. But for now, check out the back half of this conversation. And, again, stick around at the end because I have a few more things to add that came by way of emails uh, overnight. So, yo, let's get into it. Let's see what I'm talking about. You know, Black Friday, you know, to get your revenue and get into the profit. That's the whole point of it. That's why it's called Black Friday, to get in the black on your financial records. So it's like, uh, what do it profit a man, right? So I want us, like, let's do that as I, as I start wrapping up, you know, this quick take. Let's think a little bit about that part of it. Um, I do want to say before I get into there. There's a thin line between confidence and arrogance, right? And I think power goes beyond that. And and again, people start thinking they themselves are gods. And you see that with Lucifer in heaven, this beautiful angel that is so gifted and talented that then starts to question, maybe I'm God, right? And so I think we got to be careful as we strive to be the best, as we strive, because I believe in greatness. This is, trust me, I believe in greatness. And if I'm being honest, I commend the the listener who who even questioned themselves on this topic, because I think some of us are living so far beneath the means of where God created us to be that we are leveraging the Bible to not try because we saying, oh, I don't want to gain the world, so I don't got to gain nothing. I don't got to try. Nope. Don't be an extremist. And so. All right. Again, thin line between confidence and arrogance because some of the, these people are confident, man. Like um, Kobe said two things that I that I want to – three things. Kobe Bryant said three things in that interview with Patrick Bed David 
Again, check it out on Valuetainment's internet, uh, YouTube channel. He said three things that I want to address because I think they're really powerful. Then I'm going to um, share some scriptures with you that I suggest that you meditate on um, as we think about this topic. And as you think about what does this mean for your life, right? You want to be great. You want to go further, but you don't want to cross the line and go too far. We really just want to go where God wants us to go. We know he wants us to get out of bed and do something and be productive in this life and produce fruit. So that's not the question. If you're lazy, like, please, again, don't be an extremist. Don't be an extremist and say, oh, I'm just going to be lazy because I don't want to make God mad by being great. That's not the point. And then don't just ignore the word to say, no, I want to be the greatest regardless of what God want me to do. I, I want to do this. And then you kind of forsake the call that God has on your life. And then you gain the world, but you lose your soul. The, the, really, the, the purpose here in this conversation is to say, hey, this is for people who want to be successful, right? Who genuinely feel that they are called to be great, that God has a purpose for their lives, but they are submitting that desire to him and saying, Lord, I want to go where you want me to go. So if, if you want me to be the best in this area, I'm going to be the best. If you want me to settle with being top five, I'm going to be top five. If you want me not to even be worried about that and worry about something over here, I'm going to do that. And that's the point that I'm ultimately trying to make. It's like, hey, let's observe these things, but ultimately we're going to look at scripture, start meditating on scripture, and then figuring out where should I be. But let's not just only look at the success of the world as the standard for which we should be striving. All right, Kobe said a couple things, right? And you know Kobe Bryant was known, God rest his soul again, he was known for the Mamba mentality, right? And having this extreme work ethic and mentality. That was his reputation, right? I mean, I've heard that he used to work out and he would run until he coughed up blood. Like, it, it's like, I remember hearing Muhammad Ali say before, they was like, you know, something about, and I'm paraphrasing, how many sit-ups could you do? He said, I don't know because I don't start counting until it hurts. I'm like, oh. That's when I just completely stopped doing them. I, as a matter of fact, Muhammad, um, God rest his soul, um, I do sit-ups the exact opposite of you. I do them up until they like, the first one that hurt, I'm done. All right, 22. All right, we was trying to do 25. I stopped at 22. Ali said he, go, he don't start counting until it hurts. So you see, just the, the one thing I will say, right, is that when you look at all of these people who achieve a level of greatness in a particular area of life, it what I love about all of these people is that they don't allow the world to make the rules for them. They make the rules for themselves. So the rest of the world count from one, I start counting when it hurts. That's a rule. The rest of the world run you know, until and, and they start sweating, I'll run until I start bleeding. I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not a doctor or a, a physical trainer, and neither am I about to run until I cough up blood, but I think it's utterly amazing that somebody could be that mentally driven that they do it, okay? So please don't run until you cough up blood. That's not the point. All right, but I do believe in not allowing the world to make rules for me. So it's like, hey, my rules are not premeditated by things and people around me, I read the word and I allow myself to be guided by the Lord as like, what should I be striving to do? And I can say in my own life that by the grace of God, I have reached 
levels of success and there's different levels to success. I'm not trying to say I'm the most successful person ever or, you know, paint a false picture. But what I'm saying is that God has allowed me to grow in levels of my life just from creating my own rules and not being directed or guided by what everybody else says something has to be just because that's what they were taught. All right, let's move it along. Let's get into these three things. Confidence. Kobe Bryant said this. Um, Patrick Bet David asked him, what would you tell a player when you're recruiting them if they want to come play with you? He said, if you want to be first, come play with me. If you want to be second, go play somewhere else, right? So there's a level of confidence that these type of people have and that, honestly, you need to have, whether it be in business, especially in competition. Business is competition. Um, whether you're in a Christian business or not, please understand that you're competing for something, whether it's eyes to watch your video, ears to listen to your podcast, um, people like everybody can't do everything. You're trying to get people to follow you in some way or another, right? Or follow your business or product. Here's another thing Kobe said that I thought was really interesting. And this is, this is for people to think about mentorship and counseling. Kobe Bryant said, um, I watched Michael. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's not what that is. That that's an let's let's scratch that. I don't want to talk about that one just because I'm talking about too much for this to be a quick take. Um, the next thing he said is, I watch Michael and Magic do unbelievable things, and I ask myself, can I get to that level? And he said, I don't know, but let's find out. I think some of y'all, this is something that I think we we need to do. I think some of us need to be able to say, you know what? I don't know. If I can be great, but I'm willing to find out. That just means that I'm willing to try, right? That I'm willing to give a little bit of effort. All right, what's the last thing I want to say from Kobe? I think this is important. He says, this is what Patrick asked him as it relates to like, you know, overcoming obstacles or what people think of you and stuff. And he said, get over yourself. Um, Whether you're embarrassed and worried about how people perceive you, it's not about you. Stop making it about you. And then you don't have to be, you know, scared to mess up or scared to make a mistake because none of us are perfect. All right, so I want to check out a few scriptures before we get out of here. And I want you to really think about these scriptures. Go back, read them on your own time. I would advise you to read the entire chapters that I'm going to throw out a couple verses. Um, The first one is Genesis chapter 11. Um, And this came, this one was actually, shout out to my Becca, my mother-in-law. She actually mentioned this um, in regards to a conversation last week or or something. And I thought it pertained to this conversation as well and this topic. And it might have been kind of the same topic in in a different way. But um, shout out to her because she mentioned this and it made me think about it. Um, But the Tower of Babel, that's in Genesis chapter 11. 11. And when you look at in particular Uh, I'm just going to read a couple of the uh, chapters, like just verse one or two, maybe just to give you an idea of what's happening. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. Verse two, as the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. Verse four, they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Verse five. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing set, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. 
come, let's go down and confuse the people with different language languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. This is why the city was called Babel, because that was where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. What is my point here? The reason I'm bringing up this is because people, when we're unified, it could be such a great thing because we almost become impossible. Like there's nothing we can't do, right? So we can maybe go to work and live on space and we can do all these things. But just because we can do it doesn't mean that's what God wants us to do. So I want you to read Genesis 11 on your own. Next up, I'm going to check out Daniel, the book of Daniel and chapter three. I think I'm going to go to Daniel chapter three. And, you know, if you're familiar with the book of Daniel and the situation, um, you know, they were they were uh, taken and, and uh, taken captive and and they find themselves in in, in Babylon. Right. So um, in Babylon and I'm going to start at um Daniel 3, verse 1. Let's read 1 through 5. All right, 1 through 5. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the, provident, in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial um, officials to come to the dedication of the statue he set up. All right. So first things first, my man is setting up a statue. Right. And, and this is where I talk about people who are highly successful and get power. You can almost become dark and twisted in your mind and you want to be God. Right. You're a God. I need a statue now. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out people of all races and nations and languages. Listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, uh, I don't know how to pronounce all these uh, instruments, harp, pipes, and uh, other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. So I want you to think about the fact of this, right? Again, we're talking about the idea of this king um, who has all this power as a king. And what happened is you could run out, you could run out of stuff to do. Like, you know what? Bow down and worship me. I'm just that dope. You know what? Go to work on space. You, you, you know what? Go ahead. Go to, go to space. I don't got nothing else to do. And so we got to be careful as we strive for greatness, not to become dark and twisted and let power overtake us, not to gain the world and lose the soul. All right. So the last thing I want to read, Romans chapter 12. Verses one through eight. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. All right. So that first scripture, I'm just pointing out the importance or the word is pointing out the importance of submission to God. Right. Remember when I said what we need to really be doing is finding a way to submit all of our desires and our wants to God, right? Okay, cool. Verse two, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, 
which is good and pleasing and perfect. Remember when I said, like, to be great, you don't need the world to set the rules for you. You need to follow God's guidelines. I think verse 2 speaks to that when it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. All right, verse 3. Because of this privilege, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. All right, I think this is a really important aspect of this. Not thinking too highly of myself. Meaning this, maybe I'm the greatest podcaster in the world, right? But let's look at that in perspective. All right, Jay, you might be doing this one thing really, really good, but you're still human and you got a lot of blind spots and maybe you're not as good of a father, might not as good as a husband, not as good as this, and you got some things to focus on. So don't think too highly of yourself. Don't go build a statue because you're good at one thing and think that people got to bow down and worship you. You're a human being, bro. You got a lot of issues, and I know it's true because I know you. I don't know you my whole life, matter of fact. Verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't be an extremist. Like, balance it all out. Listen, y'all, I love that it just said, if he's giving you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. That's really the goal today is to get you to take whatever God has called you to do seriously. But understand, maybe you the arm, maybe you the leg, maybe you the ear, maybe you the nose. We have different members in the body of Christ. So I can't just look at a Jeff Bezos and think, oh, he doing that? I'm supposed to do that. That's not the goal of this show to make you chase things that you weren't created to do. I don't want to tell an arm to be a leg. That don't make sense, right? I want to tell an arm, though, hey, bro, be an arm. Like, what you doing? I need you to do arm stuff. And so ultimately, I hope this really bless you, man. Uh, really check out those scriptures. Again, it was Genesis 11. It was Romans 12. And it was Daniel chapter 3. Read those. Check them out. And this has been, man, has this been that quick? This has been a not-so-quick take. All right. So that's where the show originally ended. And this is me picking it back up and adding just a couple more minutes to what was already not really a quick, quick take. Yeah. So anyway, hey, it's free content, people. You don't pay for this. So just enjoy it. Soak it in. Hopefully so far, so good. You're enjoying this topic. Now, because this is a multi-layered topic, you know, there were a couple of things mentioned to me via email that I thought were worth at least speaking to maybe shortly here. Maybe we'll expand in another episode, right? Um, so, yeah, we first of all, it's really early in the morning right now, by the way. Um, so we talk about uh, this being, um, I guess I'm going to say this, because 
this is part of you start talking about being like this high quality, successful person. So again, let's look at some of the good. You get these athletes that we just look at them like, oh, they're athletes. Like, oh, he tall, so he should be a good basketball player. And we totally ignore the fact that, oh, he wakes up every day at four o'clock in the morning and he works out. And then he goes and takes a nap and works out again. And he don't eat candy for the whole season. There's a lot of sacrifice that goes into success. And I think that's important, especially for Christians, right? When we look at some of these principles, because ultimately the Bible, God, Jesus told us to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross every day and follow him. And some of us, if we want to be real, the difference between failure and success is sacrifice. Some of us don't want to sacrifice. So we want to be the extremist that says, yo, it don't take all that. I don't want to gain the world and lose my soul, so I'm going to do nothing. And that's why I'm telling you not to be an extremist, because we don't want to take scriptures and twist them up to make us comfortable in our laziness. However, we also don't want to completely just chase our flesh. That's why this is a very layered topic. Again, I'm not trying to like, don't be an extremist. That's all I'm telling you. And that's what the easy thing to do for us is to be an extremist and to just take an extreme point of view versus struggle through some of the layers, some of the pros and cons. Like these are things you got to struggle with. So let me get to um, something that was brought up, you know, uh, or I guess the point I was making was like when you talk about being a high quality uh, individual, right, and that sacrifice, that's what will have me to wake up, you know, early in the morning before work and make sure I have enough time to you know, record what you're listening to right now. And literally this is going to be on Apple podcast in about 15 minutes. Like, so I will have just recorded this anyway, for those who listen to the show, when it first comes out, you can listen to this next year and you know, you're not catching the freshness. But the point I'm making is when we talk about the sacrifice involved in, into being great in order for me to continue to get better in producing great content, like I can't just, be like, man, but but yesterday the whole point of a quick take was so I could have time for work and balance all these things out. And now I'm doing more work to, for a quick take. But I care so much about the content that's coming out that you're hearing that I have to get up early now. It's my fault. So part of greatness is sacrifice. One, waking up early before work, earlier getting up and, you know, doing more work. But then also accountability, that's something I'm learning. Like, you have to continue to point the finger at yourself and say, well, it's your fault. You're the one that didn't move the little button just a little further to end the show in the proper spot because you were probably rushing because you were busy and trying to get back to work or whatever it was last night. So these are all things you have to think about, but greatness requires sacrifice. Now to these couple of, um, you know, other things I want to mention. One person... um. Actually, the same person um, emailed some of this from the original topic. So shout out to you. Um, they they brought up friendship. And I'm only going to talk about this a little bit, but this is a topic I want to come back to the show because this is something people who know me in my personal life that I talk about. Um, this person talked about how, you know, even when you think about a high quality friend, a person that wants to spend time with you, a person that puts forth effort. And I thought that was very interesting because if I'm being real, man, I think a lot of us have allowed ourselves to lower our standard of friendship because of social media. So the the convenience of the access makes us lazy. So 
hey, as long as I post a picture of us on your birthday, happy birthday, I did my job. I no longer have to call you or I no longer have to come to your house and sit with you for 30 minutes or an hour or bring you a gift. Like, I don't have to do that because now the standard is simply, hey, happy birthday, picture of us. And I could tell you this just from my personal life. And, and this is like no shade or no shot to anyone at all. Like, and I'm just being transparent on the show to answer the question or speak to the topic that was brought to me. Um, very few people like call me or when I talk to them, not, not very few people call me. That's not the point. Very few people that I come in contact with. Do I ever feel like genuinely ask me how I'm doing? Like genuinely. Now it happens. There's a small select few of people, right? And you probably know who you are. If you do it, you don't feel guilty right now by me saying that. But I observe that for the most part, friends, family, people close to you, like, I'd be like, dang, if, like, if I was in a rough spot, sometimes I'd be wondering, like, man, most people close to me who should know, they would never know because people, friendship is fast forwarded now, family, like, the effort, people don't, it takes too much for people. People have become comfortable with like, yo, like there are things that happen in my life that because I don't post really anything too much about my personal life, there'll be times that people are like, oh, when when this happened? When you get a, a promotion or when this? I'm like, oh, like, because they're limited to like watching me on social media. And it's like, no, you're my friend. You're my family. Like, you should know me. I don't give social social media play by play for my life, right? So high quality friendships, if you're my friend, I should be hitting you up every now and then, checking on you, not because I want something, not because I need you to do something, not because of anything other than like, yo, all right, I know we talk a lot, I know we laugh a lot, whatever, whatever, all right, how, you, how are you doing, right? But I'm just telling you from personal experience, it's something I observe, and um, by the grace of God, like, I understand people and I understand the challenges, so I try to step back, not be bitter or mad or something about it, but just understand like people don't know they're doing that. They don't know that like, oh, you know, like, like I'll just say this as a friend, I should be trying to like, if you tell me, oh, you got a new job, it shouldn't just be congratulations and move on. Maybe I should be trying to figure out what do you do at work? What do you like about it? What don't you like? Are you stressed out? You know, you're a new mother or a new father. Like, Hey, man, how is it? Like, you know, how is, you know, parenthood? Do you think that, like, I'm just learning, dog. It's hard for people, like, to give that effort these days. So, anyway, I thought it was interesting that this person mentioned friendship as it relates to being high quality, right, and going above and beyond. And I thought that was really important. I thought that was something that may, again, maybe I'll bring some friends on the show and we'll talk about it. Um, but I, I think as we're... Looking at being great in all these areas, remember, Kobe said relationships suffer, right? So those are things we got to balance. How much am I willing for other things to suffer to be great at this one thing? Again, no simple answer, right? Because sometimes we don't have time to figure out what's going on in other people's lives because we're just busy. We have a lot going on in our lives. But it's something for me that I'm just striving to get better and better at is checking on a friend. Yo, how you doing today? Not just some simple text like, oh, if you invite me to your house, actually coming over, giving you the sacrifice of a few hours for fun or, or conversation, right? Um, and vice versa. So that was one thing. Um, then this person 
asked me, um, well, they made two other points. Um, they said they don't see a lot of Christian multimillionaires. And I, I just want to touch on this really quickly. I think what ends up happening um, for Christians, and this is probably, y'all know I have a high, I, I go into hyperbole a little bit. That's just something I do. I, just, I start calling things the number one problem and the biggest, you know, so you just got to understand when you listen to me talk, these are more figures of speech. But I do think one of, a huge problem in Christianity is not understanding the difference between being churchy and religious and a follower of Christ. So because what's been taught to a lot of us is not really the Bible, it's more so churchy religiousness. And I want to give you a specific example, right? Like there are people who grow up in church, right? I, I, I was one of them. You grow up in church and you could be, you could go to a hundred church services and hear scriptures, right? And never know what they mean. Because the focus in most churches, ah, let me see hyperbole, not most. The focus maybe in a lot of churches is the service and the emotionalism of the service and the excitement and get you to give your money. It's a really like, um, you know, it's really a marketing campaign. A lot of times is what church is right from the flyer to the artists that come. I'm going to have an artist cause I want to draw a bigger crowd and I want to do this and I want to raise money. And a lot of times what happened is there's almost no focus at all on do these people actually understand these principles that are being taught to them. Or maybe do I understand as a teacher of the word, right? And so what ends up happening is that we become churchy and religious, but we don't always follow Christ. This becomes important. And I'm not saying that this person who emailed this, like, just know I'm not saying you think like this. I'm giving my thoughts on what you brought up about Christian multimillionaires. What ends up happening a lot of times is that we only know about the multimillionaires who are famous, right? So we got to understand, too, the people who are successful and famous represent a smaller percent of the population. They're like the 1%. You know what I mean? So there are a lot of other multimillionaires self-made that are not famous. These are business owners. You might have a Christian um, who is a owns a plumbing business or a painting business or a restaurant, and they're fairly unknown because a lot of times they are, these are people who chose, like, oh, to do things to build quietly uh, and say, I don't need all the fame and I don't need all of that to be successful. So what ends up happening, it's a catch-22. We don't know enough about their story because they're just low-key and living their life and being quietly successful, um, which is, you know, things you read about in, like, the book, um, the Millionaire Next Door. The Millionaire Next Door is a book by, I think that's Thomas Stanley. And, um, you know, that's a book that speaks to this idea of you could be living next door to a millionaire that they're not doing all the rich and famous, wild, spending money stuff, right? So one of the real important aspects of this is understanding the difference between um, rich and famous, right? You don't have to be famous to be rich. And then also understanding the difference between being churchy and religious and being a follower of Christ. What do I mean by that? We might like when it comes to the churchy religious stuff. 
there are some people that think to be a Christian, you just got to walk around acting like you in church all day long. And if you don't act like that, you're not a Christian. And so there might be a silent millionaire that's not churchy, but it's a follower of Christ. And you just don't know. So like, I'll give you an example. Um, there, okay. I work with a, a bunch of, you know, executives. I have a lot of mentors. I know that some of them are millionaires for sure. Cause people have shared that with me. Um, you know, or multimillionaires. So I'll give you an example. Like I, I've, I've several mentors, so I'm not naming anybody, whatever it is, but you know, when I, when I'm dealing with certain executives in, in, in corporate America, there are times that people might tell me that they're a Christian, right? Um, and there are times that people never mention it, but what I look at is your character. And there are times that the people who share with me, they're a Christian. I already suspected they were a Christian because their character spoke for them. And what I mean by that is that's being a follower of Christ. It's understanding that I'm in a meeting, I'm at work, I'm in the business world. I don't have to walk into a business meeting like, oh, hallelujah, how are you? I decree and declare that this is the day. Some of us think you got to do that. And just because a person is acting like that because they're not churchy and religious does not mean they're not a Christian. We have to be secure in our Christianity. Doesn't mean we don't share our faith. Doesn't mean we don't lead with our values and our principles. It just means that I don't have to knock you upside the head. I don't have to go everywhere. I don't go in Home Depot like, I'm a mind of God. Like, you don't have to do that. Now, there may be a place and a time for it, right? A lot of street preachers and things like that is necessary. But what I'm saying is, like, in order to be a high-quality Christian follower of Christ and business person, it doesn't require you to churchify every single aspect of your life. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes as Christians and believers, we mix that up, and it and it it can confuse people because then people will think, well, I don't, you know, it's not, I don't know a lot of Christian multimillionaires um, because it might just be that the Christians who are multimillionaires are not walking around being churchy. But if we pay attention to their values and their principles that they lead with, you might be like, oh, that's a Christian. And I'm telling you, there's a, there's a guy at my job, um, older, not older guy. Not, I mean, not say older, but he's like over 50. Um, and he was kind of sharing with me some things about him and his wife and, you know, they're moving and how they had plans to like raise their kids. They've been together 30 something years, happily married. They raised their kids and they had, you know, dreams and goals of putting their kids through college paid for. And he was just sharing how he did all that. And now they're kind of like focusing on, you know, them again now, now that they raised their kids. But I'm telling you, talking to this gentleman you could tell he loved his wife. I've been in a lot of meetings with him and worked on some initiatives with him. And this guy does not have to tell me he's a believer. Like, I'm telling you, he he does not have to say he's a Christian. This is a guy whose principles, whose values, everything he talks about tells me he's a Christian. The way he does business, um, although he's a successful um, African-American executive, um, only pointing out African American because in the from the from the standpoint of being being 50 plus, I know he shared like I know some of the things that it took for him early in his career to fight against to to get to that point of being an executive. And for me, it's like, 
you know, I'm sure maybe one day if we get a little closer, we'll have conversations about the Lord and stuff. But this isn't a person that have to tell me he's a Christian. I would literally be shocked if this man was not a believer. So this leads me into the last thing I want to cover. Um, the, the question was asked to me via email. You know, how, um, how, how was it asked? Let me see. Did I write it down? Oh, how do I deal with leadership at my level, considering all of these things, right? Considering like being a Christian and we talked about the the savage, the unnecessary versus the necessary savage. And, you know, so I just wanted to share just, you know, in today's shows and, and tell y'all a little bit about how do I handle some of these things um, in leadership for my personal life? So I think first things first, right? Um, I realize that leaders lead. And as simple as it sounds, there are people who shy away from leadership because they are not leaders. And what I mean by that is I understand that leadership is actually an opportunity for me not to do what the last person did, not to do what's done before me, but to lead with my values and my principles. So leadership is actually a position of influence, right? So now I'm no longer just having to do what's being told to me um, or, you know, working within the culture that's been created before me. Now I get the opportunity to influence culture. So what does this mean? Um, you know, for me, as an example, I'll give you direct examples. As a Christian, I believe that it's very important to love people, right? I believe that unity is important in faith in Jesus Christ. Um, I also believe like a lot of the things that have happened in the world in the last year, both between the race um, wars, if you want to call it that, the tension between races, the tension between politics, um, you know, and and, and the, the tension between um, like, you know, the, the, the pandemic. Like now it's like all these things switch. It switched between white versus black. Then it go to um, Democrat versus Republican. Then I see it go to vax versus unvax. And so it's like I see in the world every day around me just new ways to divide and be against each other, right? And so for me, because I don't believe that's the way to go, as a leader, one of the ways I handle leadership is I lead with those principles. So for, for instance, you know, with, with my team personally, um, I care about people. Um, I care about diversity. So, you know, the women on my team know that I support them to be involved in women organizations and, you know, learn how to be a businesswoman and a, a woman in business and all these things. So I support um, them openly. I allow my team to give feedback. So on my team, everyone can voice their opinions. Like you can tell me, I ask you every time we get off of a one-on-one -on -one meeting, is there anything that I'm not doing that you need? Right. So these are principles and values that I believe in leading with people, not suppressing or oppressing any people or any type. So not creating division. And then it also gives me an opportunity to address my team when certain things happen in the world. And I've told my team, for instance, last year when um, there was oh, when, when it was like the big storming of the Capitol building. Right. And again, I saw all all this tension and division in the world. I got on my team meeting and I and I told them, I said, listen, um, I know there's a lot going on in the world and everyone has their personal beliefs and affiliations. But I was like, as it relates to us as a team, like, number one, you can voice if you have any concerns. But 
what what my goal is for this team is for us to be, remain a team. So regardless of what's happening in the world, we have a goal, we have a vision as a team, both as people and in business. And my intention is to keep us together, regardless of what's happening around us, because as a team, we may personally identify with different, you know, politics or we may be different ethnicities. Right. So, again, leaders lead. So the first way I deal with being a Christian leader um, is I lead. I don't look for the world to lead me. Um and I think that's a really key component. Like, and that's why sometimes when you get under bad leadership, it could be horrible for everyone because a leader influences culture. So I realized that even though I can't go to work with the Bible preaching, I mean, I did when I had a, a, a office, like, I mean, I had the Bible in my office, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like, I'm not here to preach, but I'm still a believer. I'm still a follower of Christ. So there are other ways to present those principles and to show the love of Christ. And maybe just like I could recognize that that executive is a Christian, maybe maybe someone on my team is being influenced by my character and the way they see me handle these things. Maybe that's ministering to them or encouraging them alone. Maybe one day it'll cause someone to ask me about my faith. So that is one of the ways that I embrace being a leader, especially in times like this, is I'm becoming more comfortable with leading. Now, what, what this also means is when I look back at even some of the things Kobe said and different people said, Michael Jordan, whoever, I understand that being a leader, I have to stand on what I believe. And this is not always easy, especially with friends or family or people around you. And I'll give you an example. Uh, we did one of the last episodes, episode was about money, for instance. And there are things that I believe about money as a Christian. And um, I know that I've learned how um, not to force my leadership or my views and opinions on people, but also to stand firm on them. And it's kind of like a dance. You get what I'm saying? Because a lot of times when people deal with me in my personal life, they're dealing with me from the standpoint of validation, not, not validation, affirming something. So I'll give you an example. I could be talking to one of my brothers, right? About, you know, we could be talking about credit or money. And there might be some principles or things that I share with my brother and like made it clear, like, hey, this is what you need to do for success, right? And I'm using my brothers because number one, I got like seven, I think I got six or seven brothers. So, you know, I could be talking about anybody and I love them and I'm their big brother. So nobody better not come try to check me. Um, but with my brothers, I could lay out a clear principle like, hey, bro, I think you should do this, this, this. This is what I did. My brother might call me the next week like, hey, what up, man? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I bought that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to buy that. Like, you know, you, you feel me? <laughs> it's like, okay, no, I don't feel you. You can't make me say that I agree with you. So a lot of times in my personal life, people want me to agree with them. And it puts me in an odd position because... There are times that I want to chill and not share my opinion, but people want me to agree with them. And because I don't want to lie, then I end up telling them the truth. And so as a leader, what I'm saying is that I also understand that there's a need to stand firm. So Kobe, if he truly believes it takes me waking up at five o'clock in the morning or not taking my kids to school for a few years or not chilling with my cousins or going on vacation for no reason, 
That that was something Kobe said. He said he doesn't. He never took vacations for no reasons with friends while he was in the NBA. Like he's like, no, because I'm focused on something. Well, if he really believes that, what I understand as a leader is everybody ain't gonna believe what you believe, and people are real interesting. People don't want you to force your ideas on them, but they want to force your their ideas on you. They don't want you to live your life like you believe you should live it. They want you to live your life like they believe you should live it. And so if people believe you're working too hard or if people believe you're doing too much of this or, you know, hey, you should be doing, they're going to try to make you feel guilty for it or they're going to impress themselves upon you. Here's the point I'm making. And this is where confidence comes as leaders. Once Kobe Bryant wins one NBA championship, there is nothing a person who didn't win an NBA championship can tell him. I want you to listen to this. This is going to be the last point I make. When a person experiences success, there is nothing that a person who is not successful in that area can tell them. That's harsh. That might be tough for some people, but it's the truth. If I have never in my life worked on the mechanics of a car, and you successfully build a car from scratch, and then I come and start trying to give you advice on cars, you don't want to hear what I have to say. If Kobe Bryant wins an NBA championship, and I've never even won employee of the week at my job, he doesn't care. This is where the necessary savage and success comes in. And unsuccessful people don't understand this because if you've never been on the other side, it doesn't make sense to you. Again, the difference between being churchy and religious and a follower of Christ. Churchy and religious people follow their emotions. Our emotions tell us that that sounds harsh, but a follower of Christ is about biblical principles, right? So you're looking at principles. So you understand when David had to go and fight Goliath, his experience guided him. There were people trying to tell him how what armor he should wear. And because David had been in the field fighting lions and bears, there was nothing nobody could tell him. It's like, yo, you wear what you want to wear when you go out there. But my confidence is in the experience that I have. And I don't care what you say. I'm going out here with a slingshot. So what am I saying? Experience builds confidence. As a leader, once I've saved, you know, whatever X amount of dollars, I've saved $1,000 and you never saved $1,000, I don't care what you think about money as it relates to me. Now, you can, I also am not trying to force my opinion on you. I can share it, but it's like, hey, if you my brother, I love you. I know that you're going to be broke. Kobe knows that you're not going to win a championship because you're not focused or dedicated and committed and disciplined, but he's not... See, this is the thing about a leader. A leader understands, I, a, a true leader, okay? And this is real important, y'all. I'm passionate about this, as you can tell. A true leader is not trying to manipulate you. They're trying to teach you. Manipulation is, yo, no, you got to do it this way how I'm saying. I said this is how you save money. You got to do it that way. No, 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 no. That's manipulation. Leadership is, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. In some cases, I'm going to show you amounts. You my family, you my friend. I'll tell you amounts, right? I'm going to tell you everything I did to build my credit. And then I'm going to walk away and leave it up to you to take it and do what you will with it. See, as a leader, I've learned 
It's not your job to force other people to follow you. That's leadership. But the line is in the sand. You are also not, see, the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. There is no way for me to follow Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He was a leader following Christ, right? There was no way for him to be double-minded and still get where God wanted him to go. So I understand as a leader, I can't be double-minded. So this is where the necessary savage comes. If I got to disappoint somebody and it's between you and God, I'm going to disappoint you. And all I'm going to do is pray and hope that maybe later in life when you grow and God gets you to a point that you actually understand why I did it. But here's the key. I have to make sure when I'm operating like that, that I'm doing the things that God had called me to do. Here's the last thing, a real life example. Um, Because, you know, the person asked me about leadership specific, so I want to share as much as y'all with y'all as I can. Um, For me right now, I'll give you an example. Um, Everybody, I think, listening to this show understands that I'm a businessman, right? And I'm, you know, a senior sales leader and um, senior sales manager. Um, And there is a difference between a senior sales leader and manager, right? Senior sales manager um, is different than senior leadership, like executive senior leadership. So, but I have a goal and I'm striving, right, to, um, you know, I'm striving to hit executive level. Um, and I'm going to just share it. I'm going to share it publicly. My my personal goal is to be an executive by February. That's my personal goal. My I I have a goal to be an executive. I'm right there. I'm the step under executive. That's where I'm at. And my goal is to hit executive um, by, by my birthday. And so everything that I'm working towards and I'm focused on is with that in mind, right? However, there... There are some things I could have did to get there quicker, like move, right? There, I've been offered and talked to about moving out of state several times in my career. I could have sped up this process. I could have already been an executive. I could have already had whatever benefits and perks comes with that, right? I could have been making more money. I could have had whatever. But see, for me, family is important. That's a part of my core value. I'm not saying it's wrong to leave. I'm not saying I would never leave. But what I'm saying is I haven't had peace. Like, I live where I believe literally God wants me to live right now. I literally believe that right now today. Now, could it change tomorrow? Could God give me peace? He could. But I'm telling you, as it relates to today, right now, I believe me and my wife live in a place that God wants me. I believe that. I believe a lot more about that than I'm not going to get into because it's none of your business. (laughs) I love you, though. But my point is, because I'm being led and guided by Christ first and truly trying to follow him, right? I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, never making missteps and things. But even though I have a goal to be an executive, the goal to be an executive doesn't supersede God's plan and purpose. It's a part of God's plan and purpose. I want to be an executive and I'm working so hard because I literally, this is what you got to understand about being a leader, a Christian leader at that. Any type of leader really to have success, you literally have to believe in what you're doing. Kobe Bryant was literally believing that he was going to be one of the best basketball players ever. And a lot of times the difference between people who work their faith and work hard and who are committed is that they genuinely believe 
And people who halfway got their toe in the water, they don't really believe. So here's what I could tell you. I can tell you that as it relates to how I handle leadership, I literally believe that God has called me to be a leader. Like, I don't question at all that I'm supposed to be an executive, that I'm supposed to be leading, that I'm supposed to be a businessman, that I'm supposed to be like, and that's just what I believe. That's that's truly you would have to convince me strongly um, that God didn't give me the skill set that he did, that he gave it to me not to be at the head of leadership, but to be, you know, somewhere down here. Now, that's just not what I believe. And that's how and look. That's how I won the championships I won, Kobe Bryant. When I got my first championship and I got my second, and those could be job promotions or those could be phases or steps in your life. Like when you won a championship doing something, oh, it becomes harder and harder for somebody who never won a championship in particular to convince me about how I should win a championship. If I'm like, yo, I don't care if you work at McDonald's, Walmart, or the dollar store. Are you the best at the dollar store? Are you the best cashier? At Walmart, are they like, look, when he does the carts, nobody straightens the carts like him because that's how I approach my job. I approach my job like I want to be the best. I am the best. And I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm saying it confidently from the standpoint that I genuinely believe that. And so there's a lot of power in believing something because when you believe there is freedom to do the work. People who are always questioning themselves, always turning around, always like, oh, I don't know that you don't believe. Because if you believe, you will do the work. And so ultimately, hopefully this blessed you today. This was not a quick take by any means. This is a two part, almost two hour. What am I doing, people? I'm losing it over here. This is what happens when you email me. Jermaine Wilson music at gmail.com. Um, shoot me. Um, Instagram mess messages at Mr. Underscore Bellwether. That's M-R underscore B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R. Check out the links to the description uh, in the description of the show. Like if you want to follow me on Instagram and stuff, all you got to do is look in the description of the show in the show notes and click the link. It's all there. You could go right to it. Um, I got to actually get off of here right now. Um, interview this person that is going to be on the show for next week. I'm excited to have that. And then I need to get to work. Got a big meeting coming up. Um, so, yeah, I got a lot of stuff to do today. It's early right now. But I love you. I hope and pray that this episode blessed your shoes and socks off and that you keep listening and keep sharing and we're going to keep growing. And I'm about to start doing videos on YouTube uh, where we have the show and things. Look, we are growing. I'm dedicated. I'm committed. I believe in Inspire God's People. I believe in you. I believe lives are being changed. I believe that we are impacting and connecting with each other. And this is just the beginning. Yeah.